I've got into a real bad habit of saying I'm going to do something and not actually following through and doing it. So this is just a product of me actually doing the thing that I said I was going to do. So I have a new podcast called Young and Uneducated. And the reason why it's called that is because I'm young, well I like to think I'm young, and sometimes I'm uneducated. And I think we need to give people a space where they need to be educated, um, where they can ask questions and not be judged for them. And this is a chance for me to like sit down with some really interesting and cool people and just have like a really honest and open dialogue with them. One of my favourite things to do is just talk to people one on one. And I think doing this is just like the perfect opportunity for me to do that. I have a lot of interesting conversations that I don't record, so I felt as though, huh, maybe I can have some interesting conversations that I will record. So that's kind of how this was born. And also it's an opportunity for us and the people I talk to to kind of educate the young people out there and let them know about things that maybe we didn't necessarily know when we were that age. I think a lot of um, things that I'm seeing now that I'm a bit older, I wish I knew when I was younger. So a lot of topics we're gonna cover are things that generally the younger generation are gonna deal with. That could be anywhere from the age of like 16 to like as old as like 30, 35, like that's still considered young. So yeah, we recorded the first episode like not too long ago and I'm really excited to bring it to you again. This is a pilot, it may work, it may not work, but I really hope it does. And I just wanna make it clear that a lot of discussions that we have a lot of questions I ask aren't necessarily my views, but I think it's important for me to kind of like challenge the people that I'm talking to, but also like challenge my own ideas and opinions. And I think we need to be in a culture where we are able to openly discuss things. We are able to have our own opinions challenged and, you know, to kind of develop our own opinions and thoughts on particular issues. So that's kind of my goal for this whole podcast for me and for the people listening. So I hope you enjoy it. Music. What's what's all this stuff? I don't know. I think it's stuff like, are you molten, fam? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I think you're gonna yeah, walk well, in. That's my interest, isn't it? I just I can't see. <laughs> Alright, fine. Well, first podcast of this podcast series that I'm wanting to do. What's the name of it? I don't know, man. No, we'll have a name. By the time I put this out, there'll be a name. Okay, cool. I'll put like a like a, a video of me talking at, be- at the beginning of this and it'll say what the name of the podcast is. Yeah, right. Everyone um, vote for... You should do a poll. <laughs> I think it should be called the Orange Tape Podcast because the mic has orange tape on it. Yeah, but not, no one can see that, so it doesn't make any sense to anyone. So. Well, it's a good suggestion anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was fitting to have this guy on my on my first podcast to talk about a few things that I think we have some interesting views on. Um, but the first thing I wanna discuss, this is Noel by the way, we met at um, university. <laughs> and I think a big top topic of discussion, especially to do with education, is whether university is still worth it, whether people yeah. should still be considering to go to university. Um, and considering that me and Noel met at university, I feel like this will be an interesting topic. This guy, I'm gonna about. tell everyone that you lost your what? phone. I mean, the you, first you night t- of uni. <laughs> I, I mean, bought it from you from from, from day one, man. From day one. <laughs> I mean, you, you tell me what you like. Yeah. Um, but just to get like the conversation started, I mean, where should I look? By the way, 
You can just look at me. No, don't look at the camera. Like, this is a conversation right, between cool, us. Cool, cool, cool. So you don't have to like, look at the camera or anything. Um, in fact, we maybe turn like, our chairs like a bit. Alright, cool. A bit in, but make sure you're still in, in frame. So like, come in this way a bit. Yeah. Um, normally I'd have it like wider, but it's fine. Um, yeah, so basically like, just tell me your own experiences like with uni. How was your uni experience? Had your degree served you well? Like, just give me like a general overview. Yeah, so I went to uni, obviously, uh, same time as you, 2012. Um, I knew I wanted to go to university to begin with, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Ended up going to Bournemouth doing um, software engineering, which has been really useful. I think my degree has been really useful in my life, like um, done internships, I've got jobs off the back of it. I met uh, cool people, I met my wife through my job. So it's like, that would be a really, I don't know, I'm not telling everyone to go to uni to get that outcome. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good, it's constantly in good stead for like a lot of your future development mm-hmm. and it's just the people you, not just the certificate, but the people you meet, the connections you make, experiences. I yeah. guess a lot of people go to uni and do like mad stuff. They go to drink, they go to do their drugs or whatever. Like I wasn't really into too much of like the wild stuff. I just kind of kept myself to myself. Obviously yeah. Mario Kart and- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Cause like, I think with university in particular, I think when people see, oh, I'm paying nine grand just for like a certificate, I think people need to keep in mind that university is a lot more than just like going there to get a degree. Yeah. Like we spoke about this yesterday, like going to university is more about going out there and like getting your independence, meeting new people, having new experiences. Yeah, it's the whole experience. Because like if you paid nine grand just to do like an online course, that might be different, but you're actually immersing yourself in a new, most of the time in a new city, a new environment new people exactly so. yeah because like obviously for a lot of people it's going to be the first time like moving away from home yeah and like becoming financially independent did like, you cook in first year I cooked in first year man I didn't cook all too often but like oven food though <laughs> or like actually cook I remember I remember seeing you cook I cooked in first year man not 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 as much as I probably should have but oh, fair enough. I cooked in it but um, no but I, I cook now I cook a lot more now mm. um but nah, man, living in a house with seven people, man, is uh, you need to like carve out your time when you're gonna cook in it. So that, do you know that's, that's one thing I've mentally prepared myself for. Yeah. I was ready to like fight people over eating my food <laughs> in the fridge, but luckily it didn't happen to me. In it, so. No, I think we got pretty lucky with our with our house. I think yeah. we all kind of, for the most part, we all kind of got along. Um, no one really stole. I mean, there were a few instances where people <laughs> stole people's food, but I think for the most part we were all good. Um, so yeah, something I was discussing with you guys yesterday was like. For me, I felt as though university was like the only option. I didn't really consider not going yeah, to yeah. university. It was just like, okay, you go to school, you go to sixth form or college and but then why was university. That, well, that's the thing, I don't really know. Like, obviously both my brothers went to university. So I think there was kind of a subconscious pressure in that wanting to just do what they did. Yeah. Um, but also at school it's very like university driven. It's like, you're doing the UCAS when you're in school, they're saying like, what, uni- what universities you're applying to. Like university mm. is very, that's it's just like the next step. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of drive it into your head. Like they don't really give you the tools for if you don't want to go to university. Like what are your next steps if you don't want to go to university? Um, so for me, it was just like, okay, I'm done with sixth form. I'm just going to go to university. Yeah. And also like the majority of people that were at my sixth form were going to university. Like there weren't many people talking about not going to university. Mm. Um, so I couldn't really escape that. Um, and I think for the kind of field that I'm going into, not that university wasn't a good experience for me, but I think... I could have survived, maybe even been better off if I didn't go to university. What but, field are you going into, just for people that don't know? Yeah, yeah, so like, obviously I'm into like film and TV and stuff. And yeah. I think for that kind of industry, I think experience is much, like, plays a much better role. 
mm-hmm. um, yeah. than, than um, your degree does. Because like, also like the thing about, especially like what I did, it was much more of like, obviously you had like the film and media studies, but a lot of it was just like creative stuff, you know? Yeah. And you can't like teach creativity. That's just something that you just kind of like develop as you like mature yes, stuff. You do, yeah. um, and I think a lot of the stuff we were learning at university are things that you can probably learn probably like a lot faster if you just like get a job in industry. Um, so for me personally, I'm so happy that I went to university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, I would have liked to have made more of a, like, had my decisions laid out in front of me. It's like, okay, this is what, this is going to university, this is what that entails. This is if I don't go to university. So you can make more informed decisions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. For me as well, for software engineering, it's very, it's a very theoretical course. Okay, you do assignments where you do coding and everything. But mm-hmm. I started my job and I left university feeling like, I don't actually, I'm not a coder yet. I'm not a programmer. I don't really know how to do this and this is a person I've done well in exams and coursework and stuff so I clearly knew the concepts mm-hmm. but the experience is a vital part but I, I, put, I wouldn't say that is a reason to not go to university because mm-hmm. like I said is the experiences that you get at university meeting yeah. people learning the subject from a okay this is the correct way to do it and then you go into industry and you see so many sort of mistakes and how things are actually done and Mm -hmm. but you have an understanding of how it should be rather than if you went straight into industry yeah you just kind of learn from like your first experience that's the normal way to do things yeah yeah definitely um so speaking about university and your experience at university like what do you think you get like what what was your favorite part about university favorite part yeah what was your favorite part freedom man like just in general I don't know do you want me to name like a specific thing or just I mean you can be as specific or as general as you want yeah man. I guess freedom like so it's my first time away from home I'm young 18 I can do what I want obviously I'm not going off the rails and stuff because yeah. I was like I'd had a drink before I went to university like I'd mm. done things so it's like it's not like oh I'm going off of the chain but I'm living by myself like the first thing was, oh, when I go shopping, I can buy whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had that feeling as well. All the food in the yeah, fridge yeah, yeah. is mine. Like, no one can tell me. I don't have to think, oh, there's four yogurts. So I can only eat one. And so, so yeah, I put on a bit of weight. But um, no, it was it was good, man. I enjoyed it. Um, met some great people. Um, just you have a lot of time on your hands. And I always ask my friends. Uh, I asked you guys yesterday. Oh, do you have any regrets? about yeah. uni would you do anything different and my answer to that is always no yeah. but then one thing is that I just had so much time on my hands and now I think that damn I could have done a lot more with that where uh, maybe I started investing at a younger age or started doing different things yeah. and just use that more wisely but at the same time it was mm. just I look back on that and I enjoy the fact that I had that freedom I could do what I wanted yeah. it. I can um, play games until four in the morning and not feel mm. like bad about it it's interesting what you say about like you weren't going crazy because I feel I think that actually university is a good time to go crazy. Just because like, yeah. you're not gonna have that, you're not gonna be in that kind of like situation again in your life. Obviously like when you leave university and you get a job, you need to like take on that responsibility. But when you're at university, you're kind of like living in this bubble. I feel yeah. like that is the perfect opportunity for you to like, you're not with your parents anymore. Like you have that financial freedom. Like I think you could be more of a risk taker. Yeah. So- you might not be the best at managing your money and um, mm. the best at controlling like your vices. So you might go out and drink, you might yeah. go out and do a lot, you might go out and party a lot, you might go and be promiscuous, but that's what a lot of people do. And that's, yeah. it's, good, it's fine if they want to go out there and experience stuff. But another, I think that can also be a problem, like the dark side of it. So yeah. people go out and experiment with stuff and they don't know their tolerance. Well, yeah, exactly. They leave uni with like, addictions or like other yeah. they, they create these problems for themselves they go to uni and try and reinvent themselves and yeah. not be true to who they are and I think 
I went to uni I've always been true to who I am I've yeah. never sort of done anything that I wouldn't have done if I was at home anyway so yeah yeah for me it was I don't think like going going wild okay do something different but <laughs> yeah. you don't have to no yeah force but, it yeah but and I think like a lot of this is down to it's just a learning experience really yeah. like you'll go out there maybe you will go wild but then you'll start to realise okay maybe this isn't the best behaviour for me to be having but you can still be like appreciative of the fact that you had the opportunity to like be wilding out and, and it's a lot of the draw as well I guess like if I didn't live with like you and Aaron yeah. and all the other people like yeah. you guys kind of you weren't those wild people either so it yeah, kind of yeah. keeps me grounded yeah if I had different housemates maybe it's a different story so. yeah yeah definitely what would you say is the most or was the most unexpected thing about university unexpected yeah um oh, that's a tough question the most unexpected thing was that I don't know just the, how you're left to your own devices yeah. for a lot of things there's no there's no framework there's no you don't go into like halls and they tell you okay this is how you manage your money um, when you get paid uh, the grant or loans if you get that then this is how much you need to allocate for that so yeah. you and lectures as well They you can have a timetable but it's very flexible they don't tell you oh you have to study this much yeah. hours a week or do anything like that so it's very self driven um, yeah. which wasn't a bad thing for me I'm kind of used to that anyway but it was not expecting you go from school where everyone's checking to make sure you do stuff whereas you need you're paying the 9,000 so at the end of the day exactly. they don't care they don't whether care, you yeah. put in the work or not yeah I think I shared the sentiments as well when I got to university it was just kind of like okay this is your course this yeah. is where you're living go out and, and, do, what you, and do what you need to <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah. and you just kind of like have to figure it out for yourself um, and I feel like we've we spoke about this yesterday as well like when I was at sixth form it still very much felt like school yeah and even though like they did leave you to like you, your hand wasn't being held as much as you were when you were at school mm-hmm. but still there was still like the kind of teachers kind of on your back and like giving you guidance and that kind of thing yeah. so when you go to university it's like a massive like learning curve to be able to like just be self-disciplined um, and do what you need to do for your own courses and just kind mm-hmm. of like figure it out for yourself um, but also like the beauty of first year as well is obviously like first year doesn't um, contribute that much to I don't agree grade. everyone goes to university and they just say oh first year doesn't count no I know uh, no. well, I'm, I'm not saying you say that but no, I was, I was, say about, that, I was about to really, say that it really annoys me because people go oh first year doesn't count and yeah that's true that's correct first year grades normally does not count towards your final year grade of university mm-hmm. but first year I always say there's people that are planning to go it sets a massive precedent for the no. rest of your experience and you can build those connections you can show your tutors and lecturers that you're like a uh, like yeah. you're one of the students that yeah, pay attention yeah. and that can stand, they're the ones that mark your exams at the yeah. end of the day so no yeah build no. those relationships man I, I 100% agree like obviously you shouldn't be not trying your best and you know just yeah have just fun but yeah. like, you're there to work in yeah exactly yeah exactly day. and like the thing about it as well is if you slack off and don't try your hardest in first year then second year is going to hit you like a yeah, yeah it's not going to be nice it's like that transition from we were saying yesterday as well like the transition from GCSEs to yeah. A levels A yeah, yeah, yeah. just slapped me in the face <laughs> economics just beat me up so I wasn't ready for it and so yeah going into university just give it 
go in with your A game, like give you a rule, yeah. work hard and play hard. Like have so have so much fun in your first year. When people say it doesn't count, what they're trying to say, I think, is just go out there, just like embrace things. Don't just study and spend all your time in the library. Mm. Just go out and meet people, have fun, join societies, do sports, like try things that you might not have tried. I'm not saying go out there and do cocaine, but like, <laughs> just, like <laughs> live, live your life, man. Like, yeah. One thing I want to talk about quickly as well is like the um, financial burden of going to university. Because obviously like we were the first year mm-hmm. where they raised the tuition fees. 9K, man. <laughs> exactly, it's mad. So did that play a part in your decision about going to university? That had no impact on my no. decision whatsoever. I just made sure when I was applying that I'd be able to get a certain level of um, loans to be able to just afford accommodation and basic stuff. and. Yeah, it was fine. I never really considered that. Did you get a maintenance grant? I did. It was very small, um, but I did get a maintenance grant and the maintenance loan. Um, I spent Appar- like um, transparency. I spent like ninety percent of my school life in overdraft, <laughs> but I always managed it. I never, I never had to like go home and like beg. Or it was on my last dollar or whatever. Yeah. Well, apparently they've they've scrapped the maintenance grant. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. So no one gets maintenance. It's his maintenance loan now, so you have to pay it back. I'm not surprised. You, you got, yeah, you're not just getting free money for the government. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but that maintenance grant was nice, but I'm not gonna lie. Um, so what did you do at university to kind of like manage your finances? Like, did you get a job or were you like kind of strict with your money? Like, I did not manage my finances really. Um, the only thing, I, so in the first year, I had um, my money was going into like a savings account. I didn't have my own proper current account so mm. I had a savings account where the maintenance money would go in mm. I'd go into town I'd withdraw the maintenance um, money from my savings account in mm. cash and then walk across the road <laughs> with the cash into the, uh, into the bank to pay my to pay my rent that's what I was doing so I really didn't have I wish like going into university I had more financial understanding yeah, obviously I definitely. do now um, what was the original question? Um just kind of like how you manage your finances you've had a, how I managed had a job it, yeah. or... so I didn't really and again like when I was, you kind of go create in terms of I'll go into uni first year I'm going shopping mm. I'm seeing all these deals I'm like oh I can buy one cheese for £2 or I can get two for £3 but mm. so I was just buying everything and yeah. then you're like I'm not going to eat all of this but it's like mm. okay I didn't really have a good understanding of how to manage my money yeah. over the long term it's just oh because you remember we got paid like every term so it's like yeah, three yeah. instalments so yeah. one instalment like okay like 5k or whatever it is just touches your account yeah and you see that number and you just feel like oh i've got loads of money yeah exactly yeah yeah and i was saying before like with the whole this is kind of like your first taste of like that financial freedom yeah. like you're not having to ask your parents for money like you have your own money mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people yeah like you're saying like they just see the money and like oh i have all this money and yeah. then but in the turn they're like well i, I think that broke. should also be a responsibility of universities to try to give some financial understanding a general level to all the students coming yeah. in because n- not everyone's going to have that I think yeah I think that information yeah is out there but I think you have to like go looking for it like, yeah. I think universities do like provide you with like help and managing your finances but like it's not something that like we had the bank um, branch on yeah. on campus and you go you go into campus and you see all these deals oh open a student account you get yeah. a free £50 if you refer someone and then you get um, an overdraft so they yeah. kind of push that stuff like they, say, don't, yeah. they, don't, they don't really make it seem like oh an overdraft is a bad thing like you yeah, should try yeah. to avoid it it's just yeah, like yeah. oh you have this extra fullback yeah. so it's like okay yeah, yeah. now instead of £5,000 I've got £7,000 like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no I don't <laughs> <laughs> I learned that very quickly but I also and there's another thing I said yesterday I never wanted or intended to get a job in university while I was there I was there to study I was there to mm-hmm. have fun and just like 
enjoy myself in that experience work for me was just a thing that I was going to do after university so I'm yeah. glad that I didn't get a job there Fair. but for some people it's useful to top up their yeah, yeah, loans yeah. if they don't have enough to get by of course mm-hmm. um, one uh, I was reading an article um, and apparently so the numbers for people attending universities are like slowly increasing um, really? yeah yeah but the number of mature students so students who are over 21 has like significantly like decreased so what do you think the reason is for people over there doing one not wanting to go to university 21 like, mature uh, over 21 like exactly that's mature like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason is I think yeah. that one factor is employers are now opening their eyes to the fact that people without degrees are may also be capable and may also have the relevant experience or just like ambition to uh, fulfill whatever the requirements are for the job I think um, yeah like I said more and more people are going to university now so that gives it less of an edge a competitive advantage when you're using a degree certificate as one of your accolades applying for a job um, so that being said yeah I think some jobs still have entry requirements or you need to have a masters you need to have this okay. or that but if less jobs have those entry requirements then less people are just going to desire it and then also people just want to go out there and earn money sooner to be able to buy a house and just get out there and start living their life yeah you know? I remember when I was at university and I used to think of like mature students over 21 so I was like oh it's mad old obviously now we're like <laughs> we're like 26 and it's just like it's not old at all yeah um, if you didn't go to university at 18 years old and like you still hadn't been to university when you were 21 do you think the fact that you were over 21 would have made you less likely to go to university like you wouldn't mm. want to go to university given that that age it makes would it have deterred me no I don't think it would have deterred me as such I mean mm. going when you're you go from college to is nice because then you've got sort of so I've got lots of friends from my college that also went to Bournemouth University so mm-hmm. it was good to have that circle going in but saying that I don't think it would deter me if I knew yeah. that because my reason for going to university was to get the qualification so yeah if there, there was a job I wanted or a field I wanted to get into and that was kind of like a requirement then I would have no problem going mm. to university at a mature age <laughs> and um, yeah just do it. my mum went to university um, in her 40s when we were like quite young so it was yeah, yeah I, I don't see a problem with that and it, I can definitely see the benefits of doing so definitely um, and the last thing I want to touch on is that obviously with COVID um, the people who are starting university this year it's going to be like a very different experience for them yeah if you were going to be a fresher starting university this year do you think you'll still go would you defer would you be having second thoughts or would you not care you just take it as it comes you just go to university and just deal we with it we all got the freshest flu anyway <laughs> <laughs> um that's a good question I don't know because mm-hmm. it's a very different situation yeah. like what I've seen happening in the US especially is that a lot of universities are still saying I'll oh, come in like because they want to get their com- money for the yeah. accommodation but mm-hmm. then they're doing remote online learning yeah. and I'd feel like that wasn't the that doesn't have as much value in terms of like I wouldn't feel like I'm getting my money's worth mm-hmm. if I'm paying for the full tuition and I'm just receiving online lectures a lot of the university experience is like social so yeah not having that you don't get to meet all the people yeah. it's going to be a very different experience I'm not saying that people shouldn't go because of that but I might personally defer or 
just kind of assess the landscape. Maybe I'll just like do one term and then see if it was for me. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. Because obviously we've had the experience of a non-COVID freshers, and obviously it was it was sick. Yeah. So obviously I can I can now compare and say like I wouldn't want to not I wouldn't want to have freshers where there's like social distancing. Yeah. Um, Imagine like Zoom meetings with like, all these people, like, <laughs> two thousand people. Exactly. Um, but no, I feel like, cause I remember how excited I was to go to university, um, before I, before I went. So I think if I was a freshman this year, I don't think that would deter me from going. I think I'll just. Also, they're still going to like the area, but then they're just. What do you mean? So if you were from London and you got into, I don't know, like Oxford University. Yeah. They're still going to Oxford but then just or they're staying in London and doing the course oh no they're still going to Oxford yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah like, I'll probably still go yeah yeah um so if there's a just quickly if there's anyone out there that's like in two minds about wanting to go to uni or they want to just like give a quick summary about the university experience what would be your your, your words to them I feel like if you have a good plan of what you want to do and that doesn't require university just go try and execute that plan before you go to university because the yeah you're going to be paying back student loans for a long time um it's affordable Mm -hmm. if you do want to go to university do not let that deter you um if you're on the fence and you're not sure whether you want to or not but you don't really know what you're going to do otherwise i would say go to university work hard play hard get your qualification and now you have like that qualification is always going to be with you in life and you, you've done that's something you've done you've stuck with something for three or four years you've shown commitment and you've probably made some friends along the way so it's definitely uh, I would never change my experience of going to university and I would encourage people to give it a try yeah I yeah I share that, those thoughts I think knowing what you want to do knowing if even going to university is the best um, option for you or just like knowing what your options are like obviously going to university isn't the only option out there yeah of course um, yeah. and also there's other stuff like online learning distance learning like degree apprenticeships now where you can study and earn at the same time like there's loads of options out there it isn't all just about going to like a different city um, and immersing yourself in that kind of university culture like university can be taken in like a bunch of different ways um, so just knowing what your options are um, being informed um, and also just speaking to the people around you um, you don't have to make decisions by yourself um Oh yeah, just take it from there. But if you do end up going, especially this year, then you know. Good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's gonna be a different experience. It will be a different experience, but I'm sure it will be yeah, it'll be a different experience, but just take it as it comes and Well I'm sure they'll get like extra it. time on their assignments yeah. stuff, like mitigating stuff and stuff. Yeah, so it's exactly. gonna be like very common yeah. in the coming years. Definitely. Alright. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs>
or you're still pretty much in a stage where you're just living at home with your parents and you're not in a relationship. Like yeah, twenty twenties is a weird age for it, like it really friends. Is. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially when it gets like late twenties. Like early twenties I feel like pretty much everyone is still in the same but when you get to like the later twenties like people are starting to like diverge into like their different paths. Yeah. Um and I think obviously with you, it was I think it was a big shock to all of us when like you tied the knot. Like if, if you knew this guy Back back at <laughs> uni- university, you you wouldn't expect this guy to like have been married like so soon. Um, so I just want to just talk about like married life and okay. weddings and and stuff. Not that I'm in any position to like. Yeah, we'll help, we'll help you plan yours, man. Yeah, soon, soon come, soon come. <laughs> no, it's like at least a, a decade away, man. Honestly. You say that, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what I want to talk to you about as well. Because like when I think about marriage and like starting a family and making life for myself like that still seems like so far away in mm-hmm. my head um so it just fascinates me that you're doing it now and like obviously that Aaron's doing it now as well kind of a thing um so just give me like a general like timeline of like kind of like your relationship and yeah so um I met my wife first time I met her was about four years ago um we were both on the same training course and stuff, starting work. And then it was kind of just like a brief introduction at that time. She didn't take me seriously because I was just like that guy that was showing up late to training, like just like <laughs> taking it. I wasn't taking it that serious because it wasn't like specific to my role. I was just having yeah. fun. It was like, we just spoke about university and you just get like money for the first time and yeah. you've got like freedom. So I just got the first paycheck in my account and I'm on a six week training course. I'm just having fun living yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, fast forward two years. So we didn't really talk to each other. We followed each other on social media. Mm. And then I just reached out to her. We just talk and we always planning to meet up, but it doesn't quite happen because she lives, she, at the time she lived in Glasgow. I'm based in London. Oh no, I was based in Bournemouth. But yeah, so it just didn't happen for a while. But then, yeah, one day we just actually met up and we just went to watched some rugby we just got talking I went to the park obviously now I'm about that park life Um, (laughs) so yeah we were just on the bench talking for what felt like hours and I was just opening up to this person I was like wow I said to her I don't normally actually like open up to people like this and like this feels different I feel comfortable talking to you and yeah so it just continued I had a few more dates and obviously things um, we discussed kind of like where we wanted to go in life and like what Mm -hmm. we were looking for in life at the time and yeah, we kind of both just clicked and it grew from there. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so how long were you dating or like boyf- boyfriend and girlfriend for before you like popped the question? Well, it we've been dating for just over two years now. So when I, well, when I, first of all, when I knew I wanted to, um, marry my wife was well not my wife at the time marry Patricia was um when was it we were on holiday so it must have been about a year and year and a bit into the relationship we went on holiday together around valentine's and then it was in the desert <laughs> Morocco it was on like quad bikes and I was like oh damn like, this is a cool man like, this person is actually lit and like I want to just be with this person and yeah. do like fun things together and like just experience life together like it's nice this is that a partner you can have for the rest of your life Mm. which was funny because like a few months earlier when um 
she went to her friend's wedding and caught the bouquet and told me I like freaked out I was like I'm not ready to get married <laughs> she was just like throws that story in my face now yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah who knew like a few months later I'd be just thinking about marriage and I mean it wasn't until another six months later where I'll just like start looking at rings and actually looking seriously into that situation and yeah but I knew I knew fairly early on that I wanted mm. to marry that person actually one thing that's came to my mind actually that I want to touch upon is kind of like the struggles of dating especially like with kind of like yeah obviously like the younger generation I feel like there's a lot of pressure when it comes to dating a lot of like unspoken rules when it comes to dating what were kind of those pressures that you felt when you first started dating like were you were you like out dating people were you looking for someone at the time like or was it just I was just kind of like casual so yeah we always have that conversation like Patricia was like oh it's just I'm just one of the people that you were messaging or you're talking to Mm -hmm. lots of people and to some degree yeah I was talking to a few people here and there but that was a point in my life where I was getting very comfortable with myself like I just I settled into my job I'd been in it for like two years at the time and I was living I was living with my flatmate but it was kind of like just a free free life like I was mm-hmm. living in near the coast I was going to the beach I was just doing yeah, what I wanted yeah. I was comfortable I was going out on adventures I was enjoying my enjoying myself I wasn't really yeah. I think up until that point in my life I was quite concerned of oh I want to have a girlfriend I want to do this I want to do that and mm-hmm. then at that point I just stopped chasing I just kind of just discovering myself really I know that's mm-hmm. a sort of cliche yeah. thing but I was just comfortable in my life at that point so I wasn't really going out to look for anyone so the fact that I met the person who would become my wife at that time was a very good thing because I didn't feel any pressure dating it was just Mm -hmm. like I'm hanging out with a friend Mm -hmm. and we're just getting to know each other more and more yeah I think that's kind of what everyone kind of hopes for where it kind of feels like effortless yeah you're not like trying to impress someone or you're not like Exactly. Forcing yourself to like this person. It's just like, it just all just kind of naturally falls into place. Um, and I feel like that's, because obviously like with dating apps and um, as a song about like kind of pressures that are on young people, especially these days, it is kind of like we're forcing ourselves to find people and the days of, oh, you're just going to meet someone and you're going to fall in love. Like the, the days are kind of Yeah, it's, it's hard because where do you meet them? Everyone's yeah. just like on their phones. Everyone's like... Um, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's always been harder. I don't think that in some ways it's easier. So mm. yeah, now you've got access to yeah. a larger pool of people through like these apps and just like the world is more connected. But then that also makes you feel more lonely. It's just faster. I know everyone just makes the jokes like, oh yeah, just swipe Tinder on the toilet. Yeah. And stuff. But it is kind of like that. A lot of people are just like, yes or no, black yeah. or white is binary. You don't just give people a chance that you may not necessarily... Yeah. You could be really compatible, but you're just yeah. going off like one image or one facts and yeah. say this person is not for me yeah I'd be mean, like yeah. surprised to know like with the amount of people who are in relationships if they saw their partner like on tinder would they have like swiped swiped right for them yeah exactly and that's <laughs> that's a scary thing like to think that you could be passing up real good yeah, opportunities exactly. in life and yeah I personally I've obviously I had those apps but it, for me it was kind of mainly to I was trying to improve my game at the time I remember I always mm. used to try and get you if I got a match on tinder which was probably rare. Like I'd be like, Byron, like, craft this text message for me. I need, I need, I need to say the perfect thing. I need to say the right thing to this girl. And it's always like, yeah, you put pressure on yourself, really. Like, oh, I've yeah. got to say the right thing. I've got to do the right thing. No, you just have to, like, it's not going to be authentic if you 
find someone and you're not being yourself because yeah. eventually that mask is gonna yeah, slip exactly. up and you, yeah you need to be true to who you are in that sense mm-hmm. i mean yeah those apps are useful mm-hmm. i've always said that i want to meet someone like i at least want to have met them in person before i just i'm confident in them and knowing who they are yeah. someone I would say someone has to vouch for them that's what my friend um, mm-hmm. Donovan always says I, I don't know why so, it's fact, but he always says oh I'm never gonna go up any girl that no one that I know knows you know because <laughs> that's a stranger you don't know him from anywhere like you got someone has to vouch and it's true like I met my wife through work so that's originally said something about her levels of oh, ambition okay. her um, yeah her work ethic I was gonna, yeah like I was gonna that, say so. like who vouched for your wife I guess yeah I did, but it was like uh, fine a setting where I could glean some information yeah, goes, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. But saying, I don't know, that's unfair because some of my friends are really good relationships, their marriages, mm. and they met in the nightclub. Or, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. So it can work out, but for me personally, I just feel like I want yeah. something else to be there, some good foundation. No, that's fair. Um, so to bring the conversation back to like marriage and stuff, I want to talk about um, buying a ring. Because I think, I don't know, when I think about getting married, like the whole process of the buying a ring, like really... Like it's really daunting to me. It's Haribo, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously there's this rule. Like, what's the rule about like, how much you should spend on the ring? There's no rules. There's that traditional. Oh, it should be three months salary. It's not. Yeah, realistic three months salary. You mad? First of all, that like, I've I don't just have like bears just like sitting there just like to, oh this is ring money you know. Um, yeah, just I don't know. For find out if you can find out what style the your um, soon-to-be fiancé hopefully would like mm-hmm. um, what material just have a conversation about it like do they prefer gold do they prefer platinum so you did uh, like you did speak about it before I was very clear on what um, okay. what she wanted to get we actually went to the shop together okay. and looked because if you're in a serious relationship and you're thinking about marriage I don't think yeah. that should just be a secret that like you spring on someone yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. would you marry me it's like you should it should be something that you lead up to it yeah. should be something that is an ongoing conversation yeah. like kids finances we discussed finances very early on in our relationship like yeah. it's stuff like you should just like you should be very clear I knew the style the shape it still took me a while to find the right diamond but mm. I had a very clear idea and then yeah. it just rolls around okay what I know what they want how can I fit that within the budget that I have yeah. or what budget do I have because there's so many options there's buying out right there's financing you can yeah. go to the jewellery store you can go online uh-huh. and I recommend online because um online just has like the the high street rate is a lot more expensive for the same thing mm-hmm. and yeah it's yeah yeah what you were saying about it should be like an ongoing conversation because I, I feel because obviously when you think about proposing everybody wants to be a surprise and yeah. like when you t- when you talk about uh, like having a conversation with your significant other about it it's kind of like oh kind of like ruins a surprise but I think you can still speak about it because obviously you're speaking about it, but you're not saying, oh, I'm going to propose to you. Yeah, I'm not saying um, you ask them what type of ring they want and then on Friday and then on Saturday yeah. you're proposing. Yeah, Of yeah. course that's not a surprise. Like, yeah. The surprise is not the fact that you're going to propose because that's known. If you know you want to get married, it's going to happen at some point eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just like, when is it going to happen and under what circumstances? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to be caught out on things. Like You can get like, the, okay, you can buy a ring the wrong size and get it resized, mm-hmm. but why not just go to the shop and get them to measure it? Yeah. So that when you can do that two, three months in advance. So when yeah, you want yeah. to get the ring, you just know what yeah. you need to get. It's so much easier. Yeah. And what we were talking about before, we were talking about this yesterday, actually, like, I think we now made, oh, I don't know, someone spoke about it. Um, but like, if, if you do truly want to be surprised, 
then buy a ring that's like a placeholder ring. So mm-hmm. just buy like any kind of ring. And then after you propose and hopefully they say yes, then you just go out and you can just like choose a ring together. Yeah. Obviously you still, you still yeah. surprise or like, you know, proposing to them. But um, then, and then they still have the choice of like mm-hmm. getting whatever ring they want to Exactly. Get. Because why would you take a chance on that? Like you said, like people say, if you're going back to traditional three month salary, mm-hmm. well, that could be into like, for some people that could be into like five figures or whatever yeah. it is. So it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. why would I spend that amount of money that I've probably never spent before? Mm-hmm. On something that I'm not sure about whether the person would like. Yeah. Just don't take the risk, man. Just yeah. make well, life easy for yourself and for them. And yeah, or just like quit your job when you propose. <laughs> so it's like, oh, zero pound in it. Come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so were you nervous when you like, you popped the question? How, do, how were you feeling? Or was it kind of like a formality? Like, this is going to happen? Like, it's just, it I was nervous like, I was going to lose the ring. I was checking my pocket every five minutes, yeah, man. Like, yeah. I was just looking. Oh, it's still there, it's still there. <laughs> so um, I bought it... Um, so I bought it online and then I had it in, stashed in my wardrobe for like a few, like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I traveled to Glasgow to propose and I was just making sure every minute, oh, it's still there, still there, still safe. Yeah. Um, bought it, uh, I bought, we went to the bakery actually, we bought some cakes and then I put the ring in like the cake box. So, um, okay, it's there. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about weddings. Um, obviously you kind of had like a small wedding so I would imagine it was, it probably cost a little bit less than like maybe a traditional wedding cost. Yeah, small definitely by like Caribbean wedding standards. I mean, it was probably like 60 people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, it wasn't a bank breaking expense. And I don't think that weddings need to be. I think a lot mm-hmm. of the time people put this financial pressure on themselves. Like, oh, we need to have this and I was saying you're spending like a thousand pound on a cake like when did you ever do that and like okay you're just gonna have a slice of it and then never see it again yeah like, yeah of course you want it to be a very memorable day and full mm. of like positivity and our wedding day was and it was just we we loved the whole experience like everyone there had a positive vibe and attitude and everyone that was there were people that we wanted to be there obviously there were some people that we wanted to be there that couldn't make it or we just couldn't accommodate at the time but yeah. it was yeah it was a really great day so you said it wasn't bank breaking so was it a conscious decision for you to be like okay we're not going to spend too much money like did you want to have a small wedding no I, it- I would realistically on all honesty i wanted to have a larger wedding and mm-hmm. like in the church and everything we got married in the registry but some of that a lot of that was down to like a timing factor mm-hmm. so we wanted to get married um in 2019 and we were going to um we're going away in december so it was like okay we don't have that much time to plan it mm-hmm. so but we still wanted to have something yeah. to celebrate the occasion mm-hmm. initially we were just going to go to the registry just get married the two of us with a few witnesses and then have the celebratory meal after mm-hmm. which then actually turned into a ceremony with 40 guests and then a reception with like 60 guests but it, it still took I say it wasn't bank breaking. There was still obviously costs involved. There was like a, f- a few thousand pound, and like it costs like the obviously you have the venue fees. You've got the rings. You've got the catering. You've got mm-hmm. the drinks. You've got invitations. All these factors: the the um, suit, the dress. Yeah. So you're not going into it trying to think, oh, how can I? I mean, you're not making money for it. It's, it's yeah, a yeah. it's a cash loss at the end of the day, but it's an experience, <laughs> and you you want everyone to come away from it having that yeah yeah good experience and just being happy for the bride and the groom. So, yeah. What 
was something about planning the wedding that you didn't expect? So what were some surprises that came your way? You're like, oh, I didn't actually think about this. I didn't know this was something I had to consider when planning the wedding. Or you pretty much clued up on everything. I don't think there were any surprises, really. I mean, you just have to have the components, you know? You have guests. Mm -hmm. You feed your guests. You give them drinks. Like, you have, obviously, photography, which you you done for a wedding. That was, like, a lot. And that's another thing I have to be really thankful for. I've got a lot of people in my circle that have just stepped up to the plate. Like, even my my aunt who like does like flower arrangements yeah. she made like the um no, she didn't make the bouquet but she made like the table arrangement table, for yeah. flowers and it's really it's like, nice, everything yeah. looked for the money we spent and for the how everything looked you you would have maybe thought that we spent like a lot more yeah. um the cake was she also does the cake my aunt one of my aunts done sort of like the handling of like the guests when they come in and mm-hmm. so a lot it was really good like it was yeah it was just, <laughs> just yeah, good, yeah, yeah yeah nah Cause I think for me, obviously, well, not obviously, but like I'm not someone who has been to many weddings. I think your wedding was the first one I went to for. Yeah, I was surprised when you said that. Yeah, literally, yeah. Like, I've, I've definitely been to a wedding before, but I think I was like mad young, so yeah. I don't really remember it. Um, so like your wedding was like, the first wedding I've been to where I can actually like remember the wedding. Um, so obviously, if I'm gonna plan a wedding, I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing because I haven't even been to many weddings yeah. myself. So I like I'm just clueless on that front. I think you start from the basics and just add on to it from there. So it's like, okay, yeah. we need a venue for this much guests. We need to have food. We need mm-hmm. to have drinks, decorations as well. Okay, that's one thing that not catch you by surprise, but then there's things that you just don't consider. Ooh, so yeah. you think down to the details, like color schemes, candles on the tables, balloons, um, confetti. I was surprised by how expensive confetti is. Personally. Uh, like, is it expensive? Yeah, just for, for, for cut up paper. It's like, damn, like, <laughs> it would be cheap. I do this myself. But no, um, it's just, li- it's the little touches that make uh, um, make the experience better. So yeah. then we bought the backdrop for the photography area oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the lighting and all those other, like the stands for the lighting, all that stuff. That... Do you have those lights? Yeah, yeah. Do you use them? Um. Oh, I lent them to my uncle, but I can get them back at any time, yeah. I might have to take this from you, you know. Yeah, you can. Yeah, for free. <laughs> no, you actually deserve it, man. You just came through with the photography. And yeah, just that old music as well, DJing, like all of these factors. You just yeah. had to. It's just, okay, think of it as planning a party, oh, yeah. like, but a really like elaborate party. Yeah. My mum was a massive help in that as well. Like, she was like, oh, she basically like managed me. Like, I was going to work, <laughs> I was coming home, and then I was just doing like wedding planning. Yeah. It's like yeah. a second job. Second job. Oh, I'm mad. So, um, speaking more about married life, what, how is it? Do you feel, is it different to be just being like in a relationship? Like how has your life changed since being, That's like, a how long has it question. been now? Like, it's, it's, it's been what? almost a year. So it's been a yeah. year in November. Um, it's kind of like when people ask you, oh, it's your birthday. Do you yeah. feel one year older? Yeah. No, like I felt like very close and connected with um, my wife before we were married and it just continued afterwards. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's differences now that before we didn't live together, it was a long, long, I say long distance. It was like London to Scotland, but it was like some distance. And now we live together. We lived together for a year now. And yeah, you have your ups and downs living together. But just do I want to be married and am I enjoying it? Yeah, it's nice. Like it's, <laughs> at first it feels weird calling someone your wife but it just it feels like normal now it just feels right as I say like it still baffles me to hear you talk about that <laughs> like, talk about marriage like, yeah I never I never thought if I'd come to you like <laughs> this point said I'm married no I wouldn't have thought that out of everyone like out of everyone in our house from uni if you had to say okay who's gonna get 
married first, obviously it would have been you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Aaron. Oh yeah, I would have said multiple people before I said you. Really? I, I, I feel like I would have said Who? yeah, yeah. I would I probably would have said Aaron first, yeah. even Emily. Nah, you went to Emily. Nah. Oh sorry, Emily. I would have said Emily probably would have got married before you. Really, mate. We we even about because like you weren't in any relationships at uni. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. be like seen anyone, so it's just kind of like okay, like this guy is not gonna be in relationship for probably for a while. Nah, I love hard man, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing. It's all it's all personality driven. So, and yeah, I think people kind of look at it as like, oh, this person is in a relationship and that person's in a relationship. I don't necessarily think that is the barometer of when someone's gonna get married. People yeah. can be together for ten years and they're just happy and they're no, yeah, that, and they that, don't want to. That's very true. I'm also I'm always very intentional, and like like I said, even on the first date I went on with Patricia, like we were very intentional and like what where we want to go in life what we want to do some people's like mm, i'm not sure if i want to get married or i'm not i don't yeah. think it's right for me or like us we both want to get married we both want to have children we both so these are things that you if you know about your partner early on it's like okay well why not what are we waiting for like if we mm. both want this thing like because society told you oh you're too young or like yeah you're too, yeah no nah, when is your time is your time, you know? your time life yeah. could be short man imagine i like died like next year like, yeah. damn why did i wait why did i say i wait so to 30 to get married yeah. Yeah, I think, actually, that's another good point, actually, about, I feel like society pushes that you need to have achieved certain things by certain ages. I didn't yeah. feel that by now. Like, being 26, I'm like, oh, 30's coming for me. I need to have done all this stuff. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel like I put pressure on my friends now, man. <laughs> like, my friends' girlfriends are on their nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those two were only together for, like, a year and we're married. And we've been together for five. I'm like, sorry, bro. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and you always see the memes about, oh, people saying, oh, and when I was younger, I said I'd be married by 25. And yeah. now they're like pushing 25 and they're still not married or anything. It's just like... It's what, and don't... I'm not... Okay, one thing I absolutely want to stress is that don't marry someone just to f- fulfill yeah. their achievement. And yeah, accolade. Yeah, yeah. There's no accolade for being married at 25. It's just yeah. something that happened. I never knew I'd be married at 25. It's just something yeah. that happened. Uh-huh. Don't say, oh, I want to have a kid by 30 and then go have a kid with the wrong person yeah, just to exactly. have a kid. That is a life... That That's a lifelong decision, man. Yeah. Like, you don't want to make a mistake with the person you choose to be with. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So take time, man. Like, there's no pressure. You don't have to have a girlfriend. You don't have to have a wife. You like Just live your life. Live your life. Yeah. I was living my life when... I'm not saying be passive, but just like don't... Don't chase, don't like, you don't have <laughs> well, to have that person. Yeah, I mean, there's always a sentiment that like, I mean, people say to you that things will just, you know, fall, in, fall into place or like your time will come when it happens. And I think, but there is, it's a balance, you know, like you shouldn't be trying to force it too much. Obviously yeah. you should be like putting yourself out there. Yeah, of course. Um, But, but yeah, your, your time will come. Like if you're, you know, you're still, you're still young, not even young, like no matter how old you are, are you still not a relationship or you're not married yet it's like but you want that for yourself then you look make after it, you yourself make, make yourself someone that would want that someone would want to be with so a lot of people yeah like people always ask oh what do you look for in a person like when I, I hate when people just ask people that it's like yeah what are you doing to be the person that yeah, has those so, qualities yeah. that someone's looking for oh I want a man that can drive I want a man that can pay the, like okay could you do that That's, or like so I want a girl that can cook can you cook yeah like, you know don't don't be picky in terms of that like be very mate this is a whole like conversation in itself I think there is like you see like on dating apps as well people like have a list of yeah. things that they want in someone else it's like okay you want that in someone else but like what are you bringing to the table yeah you know? and like I think people I mean I'm just saying this for like for ages but like people need to take more like responsibility and like more accountability 
accountability for like how they're acting. Like if you're acting in the same way mm. and you're attracting the same kind of people, then maybe you need to change how you're behaving to like attract a different like a different kind of people. You know, like yeah. th- there's nothing wrong with being like happy with who you are and like I'm not saying that. It's not like a self-loathing thing. Like, don't need to hate yourself or like be like, oh, I'm a bad person. I need to change. But like, no, no. But it's, it's like looking towards things. Like, for example, in my situation that I'm currently in now, if I if I had those characteristics, like one of some stuff on my list is like, okay, I still live at home because I'm saving up for a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't drive a car yet, and so mm-hmm. those are two things that are on a lot of like not everyone. I can't speak for everyone or any woman at all, but I know some people and they say, oh yeah, I want a man that yeah. has a car and I want them to have their own place. So. Yeah. I'm out of a lot of people's lists. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. okay. Like, you know, well, at the time when I met um, my girlfriend, like I was living in my own place in in a different city. Mm. Obviously, circumstances changed, and we moved in, and we're saving together. So, it's like, yeah, you, it's you can have requirements. Um, you can have like um preferences. Yeah, but you sh- shouldn't like, necessarily let that define. No, yeah, definitely everything. No, I think for something like I don't know, having your own house and be- and like driving. I think those are I don't know for me those are two very weird things that people have as requirements for, for other people. What, what that says to me is that that person wants to be with you for their convenience. Yeah, exactly. So when people ask, when I ask people what do they look for in someone, the, I'm usually asking that from a characteristic yeah, exactly. and traits standpoint. Uh-huh. Not asking for um, skills like, yeah. oh, they can cook, they can do that. Those things are nice, but yeah. that's not what's going to hold your relationship together. Like, my wife always joke like, all the stuff we sometimes we fight about small things like, uh, money will solve that like yeah. we can just we're arguing over dishes like, oh we just eventually we want to be able to get a place where we can get someone in yeah. to clean and do these things yeah, so yeah. it's about can you be with each other like do you like each other like yeah. do you, can you stand being around each other do you enjoy each other's company time do you like similar things and doing stuff together like what are they caring are they yeah I'm going to ask like what's the biggest thing that you look for in someone um, I like someone that's like they can be sensitive and they're just caring and yeah they just value you they see they understand you as a person like my wife understands me as a person yeah. in a crazy way like it's, sometimes it's scary like I think about it's, it's a short time yeah, yeah. we've been together but it's like damn like I know this person inside out and we can just both be thinking the same thing like we go out for example we'll be in a restaurant and we can just yeah. like look around and we, we do that thing where we like people watch and we just start laughing yeah, yeah, and joking yeah, yeah. but it's, we have this similar sense of humor like yeah it's those it's those little things where you can't get that with any anyone like my list could be oh i want someone that's this tall this yeah, yeah, height, yeah, yeah. this shape this but that person wouldn't get me yeah yeah it's funny because like but that also comes with it's not even just about like um like romantic relationships it's also just about like friendships as well yeah, like, yeah i feel course. like I feel like I get you. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. Um, I feel like you get me pretty well, um, and that's kind of like why why we're really good friends as well. Yeah, exactly. And we do so. like we're willing to like go above and beyond for each other. Like you've done the photography for my, yeah, for my wedding. Like exactly. for me, I don't just sit in front of any camera and yeah. talk. I don't like doing this stuff. Like <laughs> I told you, but like if it's like my close friend and someone like you, I'm like, yeah, of course, aspiring. I'm willing yeah. to do that. That's family, man. Yeah, this this guy is he's a back, he's a back guy. <laughs> oh, you never. Um, Never said the story about me using my phone. Oh, <laughs> hey. Day one when you go out in university, you lose your was it Blackberry? You lost yeah, it and then I paid to go back to the, I knew that phone was gone, but I just like, oh I can't let him like I'm, I have to try it, man. I'm sure that I'm sure the phone got stolen. I didn't lose it, it got stolen. I'm pretty oh, sure it got stolen. Yeah. But that's what happens in you know, because you know you're not you're not prepared, prepared, innit? 
<laughs> but that's that. As two black men living in the UK with everything that's going on in terms of like racial equality, um, I think it's probably appropriate that we talk about the movement that's happening right now globally. Actually, like I mean, obviously stemmed from what happened in the US, but now it's kind of like a far, far-reaching movement that's happening in like all. Yeah crazy corners of the world um and i don't think we have to delve too deep into the specific um like situations and scenarios that have happened that have led to this mm-hmm. i think like those have been been covered like to death everywhere um and i think what i wanted to talk about is to talk about a more in a more general sense about race in the uk and mm-hmm. about how you've experienced race um because i feel like a lot of what's happening now is the narrative is given getting dominated um by people obviously saying that race is a heavy issue that's affecting millions of black people um and we've seen it a lot in the UK as well. Like I said, yeah. like obviously it happened in the US, but I feel like a, a lot of people are, are adopting that now in the UK. Yeah, and we're being forced to talk about it a yeah. lot more recently, yeah. And yeah. I think, uh, obviously I, I can't I can't speak for other people's experiences with racism. Mm-hmm. Obviously racism is something that's like personal to people. I feel like something that you might find racist, I might not find racist and obviously vice versa. Um, but obviously with the discussions that are happening now, I think, there, I mean, I've definitely felt like I've been a bit stifled in what I can talk about because maybe I have a different perspective of what race means to me, yeah. and it may be different to how someone else feels, and they're offended by what I'm saying and how I'm feeling about it. But I think to be able to have these conversations, the only way we can have them is if we're all honest. That's the thing. We need to have. We need to be able to have more open, honest yeah. discussions and conversation in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's harder to do with strangers and people you don't know. Um, and social media exacerbates that problem because people, uh, sorry, excuse me, people yeah. have their own bubbles where they all share the same thought, and yeah. anyone that thinks differently um, gets sort of attacked. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah and um, I, and the reason why I wanted to start this podcast as well is I, I wanted it to be a place where you can talk about things openly without kind of like judgment. And I think if we're not able to talk about race and how it's affected us without being like labeled as I don't know something, yeah then that's that's a problem like how can we not talk about our own experiences like generally and openly yeah mm-hmm. um and i know like i mean we spoke about this briefly like yesterday i think i think for the most part we actually may have like similar kind of outlooks in there but i think there are also like a few differences as well which maybe yeah, i want to i want to talk about um so just in general kind of like because obviously when this whole movement started happening um i felt a bit distanced from it just because for my own experiences of racism in the uk and like obviously i'm not saying that racism doesn't exist in the uk mm-hmm. we all know it does um but for me personally i haven't felt the wrath of racism probably as much as other people have felt it in the uk or around the world i feel like okay. i've been i've been very privileged um and something i always talk about when i'm talking about race as well is that where i live uh especially like in the last 
couple of decades really there's been like a huge like influx mm-hmm. of like black people where i live so now it kind of feels like i'm in the majority so um it's kind of weird like when i go back to my primary school like it's literally just like full of black kids yeah the same um, there's different areas isn't there um, yeah like my area for example i live in Croydon, and mm-hmm. um there's a lot of is a heavily like black and asian community yeah like there was a mixture of course there's white people there as well mm-hmm. but it's a it's very sort of diverse community and um we both grew up in london so our surroundings where we go to school what we see who we talk to it was never just like oh i only associate with black people only yeah. associate. my whole life has been a mixture i've always been able to make friends of different backgrounds cultures yeah. races and i never really looked at it as something that was a dividing factor until maybe um well i don't think it's a dividing factor now but yeah. i sort of started noticing race maybe around like mid-teens so like mm-hmm. 14 15 when you start to go out and go to different places and you um just maybe experience a different treatment or realize that you have to um act in a way that is outside of your comfort to be treated on an equal basis so mm-hmm. one example i have is just um like dressing the way you dress like i'm comfortable i wear hoodie shorts or joggers or whatever but yeah i know that in certain environments that people may see that as a maybe something threatening if you're in a group yeah yeah absolutely i don't know that's a kind of for me i wouldn't say that is racism in itself that is just like um discrimination is risk assessment so i always make the joke that okay if i'm walking down the street late at night Mm -hmm. and i see a group of people chilling on the corner wearing hoodies yeah I'm crossing the road as yeah. well. That's a risk assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. think these people are going to stab me, yeah. but I'm not going to just like take the yeah. chance of that situation where I've, I've seen, obviously I've grown up South London, I've seen like mm. things happen as such and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not a smart decision. Or I was with yeah. my cousin going out to eat one time, we're waiting at the station and something looks like it's about to happen. We're getting mm. out of there. Just avoid these things yeah. in the first place. But yeah. yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's just like, if I saw a group of people, no matter what their race is, and they're wearing hoodies and stuff, like, and just at night time, then I'm probably going to cross the road. Like, and it, it's, yeah, not... it's, it's very, there's so many factors. It kind of depends yeah. on areas. Like, if, I, if I'm walking near, like, I don't know, like, Millwall FC and I see a group of, like, <laughs> skinheads, I'm not going to, yeah, it's just basic risk assessment. No, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, so, what... So you spoke about, um, so can you think of any blatant times or something like overtly racist to you living in the UK? Like, can you, can you remember anything that's happened? Um, I think I've faced, um, discrimination. Um, Mm. I'm not sure if someone has like, I've never been like racially abused, like verbally or physically or. I've never been manhandled by the police. I've had speaking to my mum about this like a few weeks ago actually. I've had very few interactions with the police. So yeah. my only my only um experiences are based on sort of third party, what I've heard from other people, mm. what I've seen in film, what I've seen happening yeah. in America, other people's experiences of being pulled over driving here. Mm. I don't know. I can't speak on yeah, that because speak, I don't yeah. know. Um only the only small interactions I've had with the police have been just neutral. It's not been bad, it's not been yeah. good, it's just been okay, this is information or whatever it's not been like I've never even been stopped and searched I'm not saying that that mean my experience of it means that invalidates other people's negative yeah. experiences but I just don't know and I don't feel that I could necessarily speak on saying oh all people are this or all 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, it's funny you talk about stop and search because like, I've been stop and search. Yeah. But only once in my life, and yeah. happened like it was ten years ago. Oh really? Yeah. Haven't told you the story. No, I never heard of it. Oh well, it, it's it's like. So basically, when, obviously, when I was at school, and at this point, I had like no interactions with the police apart from one time when I was like mad young. I like accidentally called. Wasn't it was an accident actually? I just called nine 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 on the phone, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then the police called. What happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, actually got And then no, but the thing is like. The phone was hung up and I dialed 999. I, I didn't think it would work, but then the police called back and they were like, oh, there's someone called 999 from this number. And yeah. then my dad had like cover for me. I was like, okay, cool, dad. Um, <laughs> so I remember that. So I remember that happening. But no, like 10 years ago, um, I used to have a job. So I used to have a job at a gym. It wasn't actually in the gym, but yeah. it was like um, like leafleting. So like just going to door to door and just like posting leaflets through people's doors. Um, so what we used to do is like, I used to meet up with my friends, then we used to like, walk to the gym and like get the leaflets and like start handing them out. Um, so like obviously it was me and two of my other friends, like we're all black. Mm-hmm. And I think my two friends at this point were like more privy to like police than I was like, cause obviously I had never really interacted with them before, but like yeah. they were a bit more, bit more woke in that sense than I was. Um, so what happened was we were just walking down the street and then these, I'm pretty sure, was, I mean, I don't, this doesn't matter, but it may matter to some people, but I don't think it matters. But it was like two female police officers came up to us um, and they give you like the same line, like, oh, there was like a burglary in the area, you match the description. So what's doing me? What description? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no, yeah, so obviously like at that point, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well, there's just been a burglary in the area. Like they just want to check our bags and make sure we're not, you know, doing like we weren't burglaring people's like houses so like yeah. I'm just seeing it as a completely like innocent interaction so okay. like, I happily yeah. like give them my bag I was like never give my bag and they're like okay cool as they drove off I like literally waved to them my friends like don't wave to them <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. so like I was a bit confused as to like why they were so angry and yeah. I was like like what was the problem they just wanted to stop us and make sure that we weren't um, being criminals and they were like no like it's because we're black that's why that's why they stopped us and obviously like we can't prove that it was racially motivated but looking back on it, I can I can say to myself that it may have been racially like obviously I can't mm, like yeah. significantly say it was, but I can say oh I can see like well the, it, the, it may have been. the problem probably lies in that the description's too loose. It's like okay, it was a young black male wearing night trainers. Mm. That's like ninety five percent of black people yeah. in London. So yeah, yeah. how people feel hard done by by the fact that this is happening all too frequently to them they're mm-hmm. getting pulled over all the time because they match the description and mm-hmm. it's just like it's sort of like an unfair treatment in yeah. some way so i i do understand it from that perspective yeah, on an definitely. isolated incident level if they're saying oh yeah you match the description we just want to make sure mm-hmm. that's the, i don't have a problem with that but it's yeah. just the repeated repeated like, yeah you feel like you are made to feel like you've done something or yeah. you're, and you you haven't like my friend's walking home from school and He's being stopped and searched by the police, and he had the same experience. The first time mm. they were very detailed, they explained why yeah. they were doing it, stop. Mm. And then another time it happened, and they weren't so friendly. They weren't yeah. so. There was quite a sort of like hostility, and then sort of like um, the feeling of guilt, yeah. guilty before. Um, yeah. yeah, they just treat you as if you're guilty. Basically. Yeah, so it, it can cause um, leave a sour taste in people's mouth and yeah. create that sort of disdain between black communities and the policing. Yeah, but I think now like it's becoming increasingly hard for police to have those interactions with black people. I feel like if we, if a police, if a police officer stops a black person, 
then I feel like, especially now, people are, are gonna like automatically go to, is this because I'm black? Is this, is this racially motivated? And the sad truth is that, yeah, it, it could be. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, there are obviously times where it's just not like, maybe you do match the description or maybe they are stopping you for like a genuine reason. And it's yeah. like, that's the same, because it's hard to prove. You can't really like differentiate between the two. Yeah. Um, well, it's 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 a lot. Um, it can be area based as well. So, yeah. for example, if there's um some crime happening in Chinatown, guess what? The person that's more likely to be stopped and interrogated yeah. is like a Chinese person because yeah. they probably match the description of what's happened in that area. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that's like necessarily the right thing, but like it's sort of. It, 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 I don't know. It's oh, no, it's, hard. It, it's it's not the right thing to antagonize people and looking at the statistics of how many stop and searches lead to anything further is like yeah. you've antagonized like eighty percent of the people that mm. haven't done anything and you only you've got like a twenty percent success rate. This yeah. obviously needs to change. Um, so the conversations need to be had around that for sure. But the thing, yeah, and the thing about the whole stop and search thing, because obviously, like the reason why police stop and search, especially nowadays, is because of knife crime. Yeah, and like knife crime does disproportionately affect black people they're the ones being stabbed well no in London in London, in exactly. London. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah those are the ones doing the stabbing and being stabbed um which is why I read a blog person this like a while back but I because I know that I'm not a criminal I'm not doing anything wrong yeah if a police officer stops me even if it is racial mode it may not be may, it may not be but it may be and they want to stop and search me I'm I'm kind of like just happy to do it just because like I know that there is a knife problem in London and like if this it's not the best way. Obviously, stop and searches isn't a perfect system. Yeah. But if it's, if it's, this is their way of like trying to crack down on knife crime, I'm, I know I'm not doing anything wrong. Obviously, if it's happening repeatedly, it does yeah. get frustrating. But I'm like, I'll deal with it, comply with the police, whatever. And then if they... But that, like, I understand both um, points of view on that. So yeah. I, I understand you saying you're happy with it. Yeah. I personally wouldn't, I wouldn't use the term happy. Like, yeah. I would comply. Yeah. I wouldn't. I think, I, I think that's what I mean, compassion. Yeah. But I would understand if someone that has repeatedly been stopped and said, of course, yeah, feels, exactly. Like, hard done by, and the yeah. fact that they haven't done anything. Yeah. It's just antagonist. It's not, it's not really the most effective system. No, it's but, not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to have these conversations, man. It Even is. now, I'm trying to think of like, Oh, do I say how do I say this and that way? And, yeah, and it's it's not easy. There, there, there's no think. there's no easy answers, and I think like a lot of it, oh, is also just down to like location and where you live. Yeah. Um. Obviously, some areas in London are going to be like more. There's going to be more police around than than other areas. And the thing yeah. is as well, like where I live, like it's not it's not the best area. Like East, like Dagenham is not is not. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised I've only been actually stopping such one. dagger in the name. <laughs> oh my taste. Yeah, um, yeah stopping such is, is a is a mad thing. I think that yeah, if you constantly just assume someone is guilty of, and some people we need to look at the underlying causes. So mm. okay, knife crime is an issue. What is causing yeah, this? People what is, are exactly. people have issues that they people are trying to take their life. Mm. I'm not justifying anything, but people feel. It's all well and good telling someone, oh, um, yeah, put it down. Yeah. And then they go out the next day. They can't, they can't, they, they feel like that gives them some sort of defense and some, and I'm not saying yeah. it does, but that's how they may feel. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, is it, and what's in some, in the, on the other side of the coin where I disagree with you saying, oh, you're happy to comply mm-hmm. just because you know you haven't done anything wrong mm-hmm. is that, that, can be like a slippery slope. So people mm-hmm. also say, oh, I'm fine with um, 
excessive surveillance because I know I'm not doing anything wrong, wrong so it's yeah. okay. But that does that mean that that gives um, the government the right to like see every little detail of your life or just give yeah. away your personal information? Or yeah, yeah. It's like you you I'm, should have some level of privacy and be treated with some level of dignity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think if police are stopping and searching everyone, I think they should be giving people, you know, the respect and, yeah. and dignity that that they deserve, especially if like you know you're complying, you ain't, like you're just going about your daily business. Yeah. Um. But it's the disproportionate sorry to cut you, but it's no, the disproportionate yeah. nature of things that I think most black people are and again I don't want to speak for actually let me just say myself I don't want to speak for anyone else yeah. the disproportionate nature of um, these issues and how it affects black people like you look at incarceration like um, mm. the numbers for black people are quite high considering the percentage of the population we make up both yeah. in the UK and in um, the US yeah um and uh, the the rate of people that are stopped and searched or like pulled over on driving offences or mm. shot and killed in the US mostly especially I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the UK but um, um, yeah the the it's very disproportionate so clearly there's something there's other issues happening there and some of that may be based on discrimination we can't rule that out as a factor but yeah. I don't think it's fair to say every interaction with the police no, yeah. towards a black person is racist yeah. it's not it's not exactly um, and I feel I don't know I think cause I think it's also very easy that's like a very easy way out to say yeah. it's racist I think that can lead to like neglecting other factors that could have played a part in whatever was happening yeah. um, so obviously I'm not discounting the fact that it may be racially motivated but I think you can't just say okay this is racist and that's the reason why this thing happened I think there's like obviously a, a bunch of other contributing factors that need to be taken into account I think we were speaking about it earlier as well is that every sort I always say this to people as well like if everyone just like looked after themselves and like the close people around them and took accountability for that then yeah. normally like that could lead to better outcomes and conclusions so the police need to take accountability and hold their officers to account when they um they breach their duties so they're supposed yeah. to be there to protect and serve if they're going out there shooting killing people they shouldn't be defended for that unless obviously it was a justified reason like they um had to do something to defend their life and a lot of these circumstances where you see the videos and that's the problem i have as well mm -hmm. um it's too easy for me to be able to just log into my phone and see a video of someone being killed like um i don't want to, yeah i don't think i think that's indefensible and that needs to be spoken out upon at the same token um there's a lot of um, stuff that maybe as a community we don't take accountability for mm -hmm. and I'm not saying okay I'm not a criminal you're not a criminal yeah. I shouldn't have to say oh yeah black people some people stab each other so we need to sort that out before that's I think that's a false argument like you don't, you can't say oh we need to sort out um, I don't know I'm trying to think of an example we need to sort out fatherless homes before we sort out um, incarceration we, we we can address two things at the same yeah. time without one being a cause and effect. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's uh, what I probably, like, I probably like a lot of, I see a lot like Twitter, like, oh, because of this one thing, like this other thing can't be true. Like both, like two things that may seem like opposites can, it's, like, it's can be true at the same time. It's finger pointing. It's like, oh, he started it. So yeah, that. yeah, so yeah. It goes yeah. on forever. And I mean, like you, like, you can address the problems with the police and also the problems that have been in the black community at, at the same time. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be, like, you can say, you can say, oh, there are problems with the police, or you can believe the police are institutionally racist, but then you can also say, but in the black community, these are the problems that, like, need to be addressed. Like, you yeah. can you can say both, 
Um, it didn't like, I, I, I really, I really hate. I just wanted to go on record. I really hate the whole argument of black on black crime because when um, I don't know if there's like two like gangs, drug gangs beefing in like Liverpool, for example, mm-hmm. or like they're all white. You're not calling it white on white crime. Yeah. Like it's just like area based. If you both live in the same area and you, the uh, the underlying root of the issues I think in the UK is due to the class based system. Mm-hmm. So people that have less. Are all confined into a smaller well, space, and that's what. It's funny you bring up the black and black crime because, like, obviously, as you're saying, like, it's an argument that gets brought up a lot. But I think the the reason why it gets brought up is because a lot of people, obviously, like, a lot of people are seeing people like protesting, um, like prepositality against black people. Yeah. And then they look at the stats, and then police killing black people is like lower than black people killing black people. And yeah, I agree with you that um but yeah of that course obviously it would is be, down to proximity. Yeah. Um and it's kinda like a like how can you be saying like people argue like how can you be saying black lives matter when black people can are killing black people. And I think that's like the angle that they're coming from when they So it should be yeah, it should be the same outcry for um when when someone is killed in general and it's just pointless and meaningless like yeah. we should not condone that in any sense whatsoever i think a lot of the time yeah people do have that argument because they listen they they claim that okay oh drill glorifies um like violence like in the communities but we praise that but then we condemn the other so yeah again and that's one area where we can say we do need to take some accountability and say hold on like yeah we got some shit happening here where there's like violence in our own communities and we need to try and like we need we at least need to speak out on that yeah if we're speaking out on the other thing as well, yeah. so like, yeah, be... and it's like another thing. Like, I'm not saying I'm not, but then saying that you can speak out on one and not the other. That's fine. Yeah, but then like, it's kind of I could see why someone could no, be a hypocrite. Then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why not speak out on both? You know, like you don't like. I've, well, a lot of but people feel like a, a one one. Okay, well, one reason I could give mm-hmm. is that again, the police are there to protect to themselves. So, yeah, to protect so, themselves. Yeah, so yeah. if it's violence between no, two yeah. community, yeah. they don't have a duty towards the other person but, to get. Yeah. I'm not saying that means they should go and kill yeah, them, yeah, yeah. but it's like, you shouldn't have not, you should, police should come into the situation and be able to de-escalate and yeah. be able to not resort to that. That's the last resort. Yeah. Well, I think this I is- think like, everyone can agree on that. The shoot, killing someone should be the last resort. Yeah. And I think this is a, a problem, just, well, obviously we don't have this problem in the UK because obviously police don't carry guns. Um, obviously, people study to the thing, but like, people not seeing people getting shot like yeah. every other month in the UK. Um, but I think um, in the US that because gun culture is such like a huge thing in the US, I think people are a bit desensitized to people shooting other people. It's just like, oh well, he. Um, disobeyed the cops. So that's that's why he got shot. Yeah, you know. And I don't I don't think like I I don't think that that should lead to so- someone getting shot. You know. Yeah, exactly. There's not a death <clears throat> sentence. You yeah, know? exactly. Death sentence. Like, yeah, it's hard because obviously, like, the thing about it as well is the arg- like the narrative coming out of like especially in America is that black people are, like afraid of the police. Um, they're afraid of getting shot by the police. Yeah. So my thing is like, if I'm a black person in America, then if I'm being confronted by the police. I'm gonna do like everything I can to make sure that I don't give them an excuse to shoot me. You know. Yeah, and that's that's a really 
that's a really can I swear but that's, that's a really <laughs> fucked up thing to have yeah. to think like I shouldn't do anything to make someone no yeah, exactly it's, like a, it's a backwards like, way of thinking about it but I understand it and when people say oh they're afraid of the police in America especially I understand I'm I'm as a black man in the UK I'm not afraid of the police I'm aware of like what can happen but I'm not necessarily like oh, I don't like I don't shiver every time I see a police officer yeah. and think oh this can be an interaction where I can lose my life mm-hmm. but I'm aware of like some underlying discriminations and such but yeah. it's not something that would make me fearful and I think that I don't like when people speak on behalf of an entire race I yeah, don't like it's... when people say oh all black people are this or, yeah. I, I personally I'm against the victim mentality mm. again there's a class based system where a lot of black people in the UK are in like that working class and we don't necessarily have that um, that um footing that help up into like housing into um like certain levels of jobs certain industries and uh, but again that like, i'm not saying it's not impossible like i work yeah. in a very good job and i've worked hard and i've studied i've got there but it's like there's still i'll still go to the shop and if i'm dressed in my hoodie um so the hair shop for example the guy's following me around like not like behind my back but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. if i've gone to the next hour he's uh-huh. on the other end of the next hour kind of looking to see what i'm doing yeah yeah, yeah. And I don't like it, and it makes me very uncomfortable. And I've walked out of like the show. I've walked out of Tesco before in like Christchurch because the security guard was like following me. I'm like, yeah. I come here every day. Like, do you think I'm yeah, going to yeah, get to yeah. Apple? But at the same, t- and that annoyed me because I was going to say if it's in my area in Croydon, mm. I have a bit more leniency for it. I'm not saying it's right, yeah. but I know that okay, if theft happens, it's likely to be someone from the community that does it. Mm. If I live in a community that's more like majority black and Asian, yeah. guess what? Like they're probably going to be watching black and Asian people a bit with a bit more scrutiny because they're mm. the people that usually do it. I'm in Christchurch in Bournemouth. Like, I'm probably like one of like ten black people that lives there at the time, and then you're following me for what? Like it's, it's, <laughs> so it, it does it does get under your skin, and um, I think it can be exhausting again being able to see having to see this footage and then speak on behalf people ask you oh how do black people I can't speak on behalf of my race it it's yeah. can be exhausting and tiring so but I'm, just not, I'm not a victim basically yeah yeah because yeah. like and the thing about it as well is another argument I've heard as well is like because obviously when the the George Floyd um, incident happened mm-hmm. um, the black people were saying oh like that could that could be me like yeah. a, a police officer could be me but some people are saying, no, like, I don't identify with George Floyd because I'm not committing criminal activity, so I don't see myself being in that in that position. No, but I think that's a flawed... Um, okay, they're allowed to state their opinion, but my opinion on that, I think that's just a flawed response because we're not... By the time someone's got their knee on their neck, like, taking your, your breaths away, you're taking your last breaths, mm-hmm. it's not about the criminal activity anymore. If the criminal activity, apprehend them and just to go through the due process, you don't need to do... Like that's brutality that's like that's completely immoral it shouldn't happen mm-hmm. um i think that okay yeah people cannot re- i think what again is just comes to the homogenous thing trying to put all black people in the same basket mm-hmm. they try to paint everyone as oh they're everyone's like struggle it's like a struggle it's, everyone makes it look like oh we're all from the hood we're all trying to get back yeah not everyone is not everyone, struggling yeah. not everyone wants to be associated with struggle mm-hmm. not everyone wants your sympathy or, yeah like I've seen it and a lot of people have sort of reached out to me like oh I was empathised blah blah I'm like okay yeah. yeah like I'm glad you're like supporting like the statement that Black Lives Matter and that you're supporting like 
the sentiment of we should treat yeah. people with equality and respect that just should just be in general like just treat everyone in society with equality respect, and respect yeah. regardless of color regardless exactly, of yeah. ethnicity race whatever like let's mm. let's just aim for that but don't make it like oh i need your i need your support i need your like assistance to get but like, i'm, I'm yeah. doing all right i'm doing fine <laughs> you know? Speaking about the Black Lives Matter movement. This is where Twitter's gonna kill me. <laughs> no, because I think it's a point point where you said like obviously black like no well, some people may disagree, but I think the majority of us can can agree that like black lives matter, black lives do matter. But why do you think there's a backlash to the movement or why do you think people are turning off to the Black Lives Matter movement? I think that even black people yeah um so several reasons i think that um first of all let's just make a clear distinction between a simple statement of um the english language black lives matter as three mm-hmm. words like black we you are black yep we both live because yeah, we're breathing yeah. and i think we both like matter because like in the sense that okay life isn't meaningless i believe life has purpose and therefore like your life matters mm-hmm. um a stranger's life matters maybe not to me but in general like, they, yeah. they exist they're there for a reason um so we should just treat each other with respect and just not be think it's okay for someone to mm-hmm. be harmed for no reason um anyway going on to that so that's that's the statement the movement is something um which seems to be expanded to a lot of different areas um i went onto the website and i read the um I forgot the name. It's like what it's about. Section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it contains a lot more than mm. that simple um, state. What that simple statement suggests yeah. that it should be about. So it includes stuff about um, destroying and dismantling um, the patriarchy and stuff yeah. like that. So now we're going on to gender. We've moved away from black. Yeah. And we moved on to additional things, which I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say what I'm for and against and all this other stuff. I'm just saying that if your movement is called one thing yeah. and it includes all these other things, yeah. it's misleading. And there should, there's, there's some reason behind that. Let's, let's explore that. And then looking at uh, one thing that confused me at the time, mm-hmm. there was like was around the George Floyd thing, it was that like killing, sorry, not thing, I don't want to uh, trivialize it, was that. Um, there were a lot of GoFundMes and donations and campaigns set up and mm. I kept asking my wife I was like what is the, all this money going towards, towards like yeah. what something's bad to happen and immediately I think so it means like, it's a trend to make a, a fund to a set fund, up yeah. and so you donate and you feel better that you're supporting so yeah. what am I supporting so mm. oh yeah I went on to read what I'm supporting and then you follow the trail of like the donations it's just going to um, people's election campaigns and stuff like that so it's like mm. it's what I'm doing really helping and I keep saying like let's fi- let's try and help out in our communities like whether that's in our house whether that's in our local areas let's mm-hmm. help out where we can see the we can see the difference we're making rather than giving our money to anonymous yeah um, charities or causes that we don't really know what they're about and they may or may not have sinister intentions and I don't know as much to say that exactly what intention the BLM movement has mm-hmm. but I know that if it's something that's not easy to make sense of straight away like I don't want to be on board yeah. with it like I, for me if I don't understand it well enough yeah. I just don't want to be a part of it yeah and I think what I've learned as well like during this whole thing is that the most important thing to people especially like in western society is that 
is money. That money is is money and power. That people would exploit you for for money and power. And yeah. I think when it comes to race, especially like when it gets to like a certain level, people if you can offer someone something that's gonna give them money or power, then they don't even like care what race you are. Like yeah. race isn't, isn't a thing. Like power and and money is what is what people like what people truly care about. And that's just an observation that I've made like throughout like the last the last few months. Um yeah, exactly, because you look at some I don't know, will like Jay Z be treated in the same mm-hmm. way as just some random kid yeah. from Exactly, Atlanta. exactly. Probably yeah. not because he's got stages like he's, he's got, got exactly. money, power and influence. Exactly. Like, that's what money power gives you. That's yeah. the biggest thing that like, influence. Like exactly. when you go online and people have opinions, like the whole idea behind it is that people can like it and share it and mm-hmm. that gives you influence your social yeah. media influencer so if you have some if you're someone of some status whatever whatever level like that's that's what a lot of people desire so mm. i think people want to be people like to be in camps where a lot of other people agree with them mm. and there's like social media ends up being like a poor form of choice for like having a reasonable discourse and conversation about sensitive topics because yeah. i can say oh Pizza, t- t- I don't know. Pineapple pizza is nicer. Oh, how could you do that? Like you yeah. kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I didn't say all people. Yeah. Have to like is that, so it's very you have to and it's hard to convey tone through text and you know just, another just, thing yeah. I've noticed a real issue with like you know having these discussions on social media is that people um put their own biases onto what you're saying. Yeah. So I could say something like you could see my words there. And because maybe I haven't said something else, you're like inferring something that I just haven't, I just haven't said. Only because I said this thing, you're yeah. saying that because I said this thing, that then means this other thing. So I like, I, I like say. running. Yeah. Oh, so what about people that have one leg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That- yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like here? people are making like leaps and jumps. It's just like, yeah, no, yeah. like sometimes just take it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Like, the I'm reaches not, are mad. Yeah, man. I'm not saying that people don't like, I don't know, like have ulterior motives or like they're saying something and like they could mean something else, but like for the most part, just, take it for what it is yeah and I we, think, we don't know we yeah, just don't know exactly and I feel like I think people need to like you're if you're only talking about race and like social issues on the internet then you're doing it wrong because you're never going to have like a proper conversation on Twitter or yeah. Facebook or on Instagram about the actual issues that happen in society you know like yeah speak to people in your workplace yeah. like if you're feeling like oh there's discrimination or you want something to change like let's try and have these conversations and make yeah. things happen rather than I can't say like, I hate people that just, no, I don't hate people but I really dislike when people just feel the need to complain about something mm-hmm. that they're not taking any action towards trying to resolve and yeah. I'm not saying oh go and be a freedom fighter go and march you don't have to do certain, yeah. certain things but you just try to make steps to improve your quality of life and like the treatment of the yeah. people around you what is the thing because like people put so much emphasis on like posting something on their Instagram. So like something's happening in the world and I haven't said anything on my Instagram or Facebook or yeah. Twitter about it. People are like saying, why haven't you? Like she was celebrities. And like, I, I, was, like, I almost fell into that trap as well. Like, well <laughs> yeah. I remember when I rounded George Floyd and I was very, I was very emotional as well because it was traumatic things to just even watch. And it's like, okay, why are people not saying anything about it? Like if they're not going to say like, okay, I, I felt like, oh yeah, these people at least these people are cool because they spoke about these people. Yeah. It's like, no, like everyone doesn't have to come out straight no, away yeah. and give them chiming. And so in some respects, like their opinion doesn't matter yeah. right now. Like the thing is the thing and that like, yeah. your opinions, we can go back and forth all day on what's right and wrong. A man is dead. 
Like you don't you posting like a, a one thing of I don't know like a black square or whatever is like and even I posted it as well, but I'm not I didn't necessarily think that someone not posting it yeah. is a bad thing. Yeah, like, let, let's just be reasonable. Let's not just like throw stones, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think this is why. Like, well, I try to anyway just leave especially my instagram i just try and leave it to i don't know funny memes or like posting like my photography and stuff i try not to you know speak out on like race or social i mean i've done it i've done it before but like i try not to delve too deep into that because i'm i would i'll happily talk about it but i'd much rather have a discussion um like this or you know just not have it on on social media because you just can't have like proper conversations on social media um not until I release my platform twenty 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 two. Watch out for it, man. No, honestly, I'm thinking about doing something like that because um, I think it's too easy for everyone to come online. Obviously, a lot of the a lot of it comes down to like spreading false information as well. So yeah. people make a post with like a caption and a picture on it, and all of a sudden it's a fact. So yeah. we really need to be able to fact check information and have like reasonable discussions Definitely. on a platform where people can be like. You know it's another person on the other end of it. There's not yeah. like like try and reduce like the trolling where yeah, people yeah. are just able to come on and create like egg accounts and just yeah, spout yeah. nonsense. <laughs> and... You know, I think it's um going back to like people judging you for like not speaking out or saying mm-hmm. something like yeah. it's sad to think that someone could be doing the most in like their community or like in actual society yeah. in terms of, like fighting some sort of like social cause, but just because they didn't say anything on their social media people are gonna like jump on them and like berate them for, for doing that it's like what are you actually doing you know like you well can, that, that, you, that's the thing like if, if you're not if you choose not to be part of that game then it doesn't even matter to you so if i if this comes out and people are posting backlash about me on twitter do i really care no if it's if it actually starts affecting like mm-hmm. my bottom line it starts affecting like my paycheck it starts affecting like yeah. my friends and family then maybe i'll be like oh damn like this is like something that I might need to have further conversation yeah. and discussion about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't I th- care what someone in um, wherever they are. I don't yeah. care what they think necessarily about what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think now there is people have like a sense of like self righteousness about them. Like people yeah. think that their their morals are correct, and if anyone doesn't think the way I think, then they're automatically like a bad person. When it's like obviously the world doesn't work like that. Not nothing is like black and white. Obviously, there's like stuff in between. You yeah. know, like. You can have different opinions, but it doesn't mean like everyone is good or everyone is bad. Yeah. Like you can, and you can talk about them and like, have discussions about them without having to like demonize the other person. And like, it's become yeah. like, politics has become like a really, really like dirty I told game. you I followed, um, I just started following, um, because all my life, obviously I've grown up mostly around more liberal thinking people yeah. and like left wing thoughts and ideas. And that shaped my biases yeah. to some degree. So I'm trying to level that out. I'm not saying I have to agree with everything on both sides. I don't, but um, I've followed a lot more maybe conservative-leaning people in recent years. And I'm just trying to understand, like, thoughts and process and break out of, oh... Because like, even that thing that... Oh, sorry, that uh, Joe Biden interview with Charlotte yeah, yeah, yeah. that everyone got riled up about. Yeah. I it, think... It's very... <laughs> I think... I think... If you... If you consider yourself a real, like, person who wants, like, social justice and wants to do good in the world, I think you you almost have to be able to look at things from different perspectives and you almost have to like listen to people that maybe have different views to you yeah. I think because also the thing about it as well is like you can't go through life living in an echo chamber you can't go through life 
like surround yourself with people that disagree with you all the time. Yeah. But like, you're not gonna grow as a person. You're not gonna learn anything new. Like, you have to have people out there that like challenge your ideas. And like, I wrote my post about this as well. Like, if you meet someone that has different views to you and they challenge your ideas and your ideas stack up and you believe in even more, then that's great. Or if someone meets you, they're different views to you, and maybe your views like slightly change. That's also great. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with like listening to people that maybe have a different opinion and I, I think we need to get out of this mindset that if you have a different opinion then you're a bad person or you think this way like I'm not just saying people people just have to be willing to listen in the first yeah. place I think that's what it boils down to like we're all spouting opinions we just go on we tweet we post we yeah. blog but we 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 don't listen sometimes and yeah. like, I, I'm trying to work on becoming a better listener yeah. and not just jumping in if I don't agree with something I see someone's posting yeah. I, I scroll past it yeah exactly if I, yeah. if, if, I uh-huh. if I continuously see someone posting stuff I don't agree with and it's affecting me to the point where I feel that okay I need to address this yeah. guess what I don't have to see this person's view exactly I feel like exactly. we get riled up by things we don't have to yeah you don't have yeah. we've got 24 hours in the day yeah. you know, and you're yeah. there on your phone getting mad <laughs> about someone in oh, I mean yeah come back to the point is like sense. in the grand scheme of things for the most part, like the average person out there, your opinion doesn't actually matter. You know, like your your opinion, especially like opinions you're spouting on, on Twitter and stuff. Like you said, like yeah. it's easy just to unfollow someone or like block someone. Like you don't have to be like listening to this. Like this this person's, these person's opinions don't have to like affect you personally. Like, you know, obviously like it's a different story when you're talking about people who are actually like making like real decisions in the world. And, like, and if you like do disagree with them, then actually that may be a, a, like a problem for you. But one of the things I wanted to do as well, cause like, Obviously, when the most recent election happened uh, in the UK, um, obviously like, at that point I was like very like anti-Tory and like pro-Labour. Yeah. Not to say that I'm pro-Tory now. I'm definitely not pro-Tory. But I came to like I, I had this epiphany. I was like, I'm seeing everyone slate Conservatives, but we need to remember that the majority of people in this country, <laughs> yeah, voted for Tories. So I'm like, there must be something out there that the Tories are offering to people. That's like that's good. So like, I, I took upon myself to like go out there and actually like research like what they're doing and and actually it could kind of be like liberating to you to like, actually see and actually like listen to the opinions of like conservatives and you'd be like oh okay like maybe my view on this was like slightly skewed or maybe I had yeah. like a slightly like, biased opinion on this and like you can still like disagree but challenge challenge yourself to try and understand yeah. things rather than just being spoon fed exactly what you want to hear. yeah and exactly good campaigns can be very divisive now they just like say oh they're gonna take the NHS or they're gonna do this yeah exactly and, and like I said like I, I feel like recently race has been used as a tool a lot more in the run up to we've got yeah. a US election coming up in November and mm. like I feel like maybe a lot of left leaning in people and like the party Democratic Party is using some of these issues as a you know mm. divisive way to try and get people on yeah. their side but i really dislike pandering and like, i think uh, people yeah. should just make decisions based on what's good for them like, i always i said to you yesterday like, oh if you told me oh i voted before i don't know if you had a good reason to vote for ukip yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. that's what you want to i'm not gonna i look yeah. at you a bit like oh damn like that's a bit strange like for certain reasons but then yeah that's yeah. your decision you have the it's all about freedom at the end of the day yeah you exactly. ask me what i liked about uni the best thing for me is freedom and like yeah. i just love freedom in it holistically and, and that people being able to express their views and opinions without like fear of yeah exactly like oh you get kicked out of this community yeah. or reprisal. obviously if your opinions and views are of hatred and mm-hmm. that's like that needs to be addressed. Like you can't be calling people the N word or yeah. like some people like the 
Asian people like P words and stuff like that. It's not right. And yeah. Like, that should not be a basis. E- even then, like, obviously, I'm not saying that that's okay. But even then, I feel like there still needs to be space for even those people for you to be like having conversations with them as well. Like, obviously, it's, yeah. so, it's so easy. It's like, obviously, when someone says something like hateful, like, you want to like cancel that person and like demonize them. Like, and yeah, like, I totally understand that. But I think even for these people, there needs to be like still some space for you to be like. Able I, to I agree because them. Um, then it becomes hypocritical if we say, "Oh, people that carry knives should just like yeah. all, all go to jail. They're all bad." Exactly. All the, like what? Co- like a lot of the time, I want to understand why what you, yeah. Causes, how what you causes get it? Situation. Why you? Yeah. Why do you believe that? That's the only real way we can change that. We need yeah. to have um, rehabilitation and not just like con- condemnation of things and people. Like these yeah. ideas get passed down. No one's born racist. No yeah. one's born with these ideas. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's mad. <laughs> one thing, one thing I want to discuss actually with you is the idea of of white privilege. Like, obviously, there's a lot of memes and a lot of, like, you know, literature and a lot of, you know, just people posting stuff about how white privilege is such a, a huge issue um, and how it's, like, negatively affecting, like, black people and yeah. you see it everywhere. Like, what are your views? On white privilege, like there are a lot of people out there that say it doesn't even exist. So, what are, you, what are your views on it on white privilege? It's a concept. So, do you, do, you that, believe, do you believe in it? I don't know how to answer that question. I think that I'll give a comparison as well. Mm. I, um, I was reading um, about um, the New Zealand shooter that shot um, people in the mosque, in two mosques, and yeah. killed like. 50 people or something 48 people mm-hmm. um, and it was saying like, oh yeah he's a white supremacist and mm-hmm. then I started thinking does white supremacy exist like is it real mm-hmm. is it uh, like the like the concept of it is real like people believe in if someone believes in white supremacy they may take the actions to defend that in this case done something horrific mm-hmm. um, if someone believes in white privilege they may take the actions to try and dismantle that because they believe it exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, oh, I don't know, it's, it's tough. Like there are, we live in a white country in the yeah. UK. It's an English country. The majority of people are white. Mm-hmm. So when I look at roles and companies and I see that the majority of people are white. Yeah. I can't necessarily be mad at that fact in and you of itself. I Saying that. Yeah. I do believe that we we shouldn't we shouldn't force diversity for the sake of it. I believe there are a lot of capable people of different colors and genders and backgrounds that could um that should could and should be in roles that they are not able to yeah. attain because of some certain levels of and I don't think it's sort of even a racist thing it's just like I've got this why would I give this up if I hold yeah. if I'm holding the card sort of thing. Um yeah. one area that I can one example I can give you is um, mortgages because mm-hmm. me and my wife are looking for a house right now and we're not locked out of buying we're getting a mortgage of course we can do it there's no blocker apart from like your credit and how much deposit you have saved right mm-hmm. they're not saying oh you can't get this mortgage because you're black or at least to my knowledge mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening in, in the background um, but one thing that I was asked um, by the advisor was oh do you have any um, f- is some of your deposit coming from like gifts and donations from family and I thought I'm like, I don't know any black people that are getting <laughs> gifted mortgages from family, and so that yeah. just that that in itself. Uh, sorry, I know I'm going around the houses here, but I'm just yeah, trying to yeah. formulate the thought. So um, that just kind of showed me that oh, we we're, we're like, 
we're set back. So my grandparents came, I'm, I'm only second generation born here. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm not, I'm lower on the pecking order in terms of, I'm starting the race yeah. later than you. Okay. I don't have as much resource and network as you to get that now. I don't blame any particular person. Yeah. It's a systematic thing where it's not but is it equal. But no nowhere in the world is like equal. But, but is that privilege? Yeah, but isn't it a bit disingenuous to say that that's white privilege? Because aren't there... I, I'm black not saying people? that's white privilege. I'm just saying that okay. that is something that is like a setback for people of a particular class. Yeah. Well, let me um, let me give you my thoughts. Like I don't, I'm dancing around it because I really don't know. No, nah, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't really want to say yes or no on just in general because I'm. It's something that I'm just think. I think about a lot. No, yeah, and I've I thought about this a lot because I know white people that are in my situation, and I know black people that are like got loads of money. I know white people got loads of money. I know black yeah. white people that don't. So I think that there is. White privilege does exist in a sense, but like I don't think it exists in the way that a lot of people are kind of like portraying the way they exist. And these are just like my opinions, like I may be wrong, I may be right. Like this is just how I see it. So when I think about like the privileges that white people have, like obviously the biggest privilege I can think of like white people have is like obviously that white people aren't experiencing as much racism as a person of color is like yeah. that's like a given fact yeah like especially obviously when you live in like a white majority country like th- that's fine like yeah. and, and the thing about that is like white people can't help that it's not like it's not just, again uh, it's not a thing point that's like oh you're doing this it's just yeah exists as a yeah natural fact that, that the other thing yeah is. yeah that's oh, sorry continue no yeah but that, that, that's the way it is it's yeah. so, like in that sense yeah like it's a privilege a privilege for white people to like not experience as much racism as a, as a, as a black person would like and that's that's just the way it is. As I said, like you live in a white majority country, that's just the way it goes. And like, totally fine. Um, but I think that it's been classed as like more, much more broader concept. Mm-hmm. But I actually think there are other privileges in life that are more important than white privilege. So for example, mm-hmm. socioeconomic privilege. Mm-hmm. If you are born into like a wealthy family, that is a much bigger privilege like you can be like a rich black person yeah and you're way better off than a, than uh especially in this country than a poor white person yeah like, that's course, the fact of course the class is the biggest of yeah exactly there's able body able body privilege being born into a body that's you have like no kind of like disabilities obviously you have a lot less to think about like if you're in a wheelchair then you have to think about oh does this place have like wheelchair access or if you have like specific like dietary requirements you can't eat certain foods and like every time yeah. you go out to a restaurant you have to think about oh can i is there going to be like meals for me to eat? I guess um, you're just thinking of it in terms of blessings. That I'm blessed to have a able body. I'm blessed to yeah. have a UK passport. That's like passport privilege is real. Well, like, yeah, pa- oh, passport, passport, passport is real. I've yeah. had to wait in visa lines of her for ages. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, but we both like. It's just yeah. Yeah, so, and I think I agree. I think all those are much more important than like than white privilege. I think like I'd much rather be a rich black person than like a poor white person. You know, I think most people would. Agree yeah, with that. I, I, I think most people would agree with that too. Like, and I think when you dilute it down to like it's a matter of race, I, I just think it's a bit disingenuous. And in my, that's in my what rubs people up the wrong way because they feel like, oh, but I'm white and I'm not. Yeah, I have any advantage? Exactly, that's what people are saying. Like, so then, yeah, like why? What is it? I'm exactly. Have, like, why are you? Exactly. Like, and the things like when people say that it's not about the skin color, they have like other things that are in their way. Like I said, like social economic stuff and maybe everybody privilege and all that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it isn't just about your skin color. Like. 
to say that, and as I was saying, like, there is a sense of white privilege, as I was saying, like, in terms of, like, racism and stuff. But also, would you say that there are some black privileges? Do you think black people have some privileges in, in this country? Or as a person with black skin, like, are there time? I can think of, like, I can think of actually one privilege that, people, I, that I have. People, I feel, I like the fact that sometimes maybe just, I don't know what goes through your heads, but when I used to get the coach, like, back to London from uni, mm-hmm. sometimes I'd just sit in one seat and get the other seat to myself because I'm yeah. not, like, the most, maybe my face just looks miserable yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm out. I'm not the most, most desired person to, like, sit next to or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I've got more space just by a matter of fact. And it's like, okay, um... I get to in some ways I get some form of respect or some sort of people think like oh this guy he's just cool or whatever whereas like some of my a lot of my hobbies are quite nerdy I like playing games yeah, or like, yeah. like reading like yeah. manga or like doing so but it's like okay like the way I just conduct myself people in those settings people look up to me and like oh yeah this guy's like cool and chill yeah. I'm just like yeah, if yeah, I was yeah. white maybe people would just think oh this guy's just like Unique. I don't know. <laughs> Can I give you the privilege of black people that I've taken for granted all these years, and I think it's, I think it's a it's a significant one that I, I always think about now. And it's, it's like it's strictly like on a biological level. It's not like a society thing. It's just, I but, say it's seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like a, bi- a biology thing. Like because obviously the fact that if you have a darker skin complexion, you have more melanin in your skin. Yeah. The fact that like you're less likely to like get burnt by the sun. Yeah. And that, that's something I think about a lot. Like. Cause when I go out, obviously like everyone should be wearing sunscreen, but it's something that I don't have to like think about as much as like a, a pale white person, you know, like yeah. they can get burnt up like mad quick. But as a black person, it's like, oh, I'll go in the sun and it's like, yeah. I'd have to wear a pale. <laughs> but again, obviously like black people do get sunburn and yeah. you should wear sunscreen all the time, but like it's not something that you have to think about as much as like a, a pale white person. Like any kind of sun that comes out, they're like, oh, I'm burnt, you know? And Fair I think enough. that, I think that's like, obviously it's not a massive thing, but it's still like an example of like, a privilege like a black person may have over a white person, yeah, you know, like to beef the sun. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think like, like obviously, like I'm saying like it's a small thing, but I think when you're talking about privileges, there are all kinds of of privileges, and it's like, it's a much wider conversation than this to say because you're white, you're more privileged than a, a black person. Yeah, like, I just look at I don't, be... I don't like the word privilege in general. You know? I just look mm-hmm. at things like as blessings. So like, I'm yeah. thankful to be I'm blessed to be able to not have to think about this or mm-hmm. like if something like. Yeah, just look at things in a spin things in a positive way and yeah. don't don't play the victim. Don't yeah. make everything a hardship because then it makes your life harder and you don't think about ways to win. You just think about yeah. how you're losing all the time. One thing I, you mentioned is like, oh, white privilege as a byproduct of just not having been discriminated against as much. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good a good analogy would be that um, cold doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Cold is just absence of, of heat. heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that heat exists kind of means that this concept of cold exists. So yeah. the fact that these things such as discrimination, yeah, yeah. And wealth, income, race, and all these things exist is more like a disadvantage for some people makes an advantage for others. others yeah, 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 definitely. I didn't think about that actually. That's a good point. So that last podcast kind of got cut short because we had to like leave. But I just wanted to kind of wrap it up and just come back to the fact that I think we all need to be open to having honest dialogues and conversations about race. Um, Me or Noel don't speak for every black person. Those are just our thoughts and our opinions. And obviously 
other black people are going to see things completely differently to how we see them and that is like totally fine that is totally okay that's the reason why um the movement is happening and that's why these conversations do need to be happening and again one thing that we discussed in that podcast was that you can't have real conversations about these um social issues all online like you can't have a decent conversation with someone over twitter or over instagram or over facebook um you do need to actually sit down and talk to people in real life because those are where the real ideas and the real thoughts and the real opinions of people are going to come out um and it was just a real eye-opening conversation for me personally in the conversation for society for like the past few months. I mean like it's always been a conversation in society but it's been really amplified in the past few months or so um, and this was just a real opportunity for me to actually sit down with someone and talk about it because I haven't actually done that since the whole movement started so it was nice for that to happen and one thing I want to reiterate about this podcast is that I'm always open to being turned to my ideas I'm always open for people having different opinions and I'm always open for people to coming on and talking to me about them no matter what your opinion is um and that's just one thing I want to make clear with this. So yeah, I hope you liked the first episode. And I really do hope to bring you more in the near future. <laughs>